This is the audio of a video recording of a talk that I, Richard Lang, gave in the Portland Insight Meditation Center in Portland, Oregon, in February 2018. I was introduced by Robert Beatty, a good friend of mine, who is the meditation teacher at the center. This guy over here is really funny and fun and uh, we're a little dangerous together, I think. Just a trifle. Uh, but he lives so beautifully in the present moment and he, he, is, uh, he, he perceives things very much, oh, th this is happening now. And so it's, it's, um, it's very entertaining to be with him, as I'm sure you'll uh, experience. And that capacity of living in the present also could be called love. And he had a, a relationship for almost 40 years with Douglas Harding, who was this great consciousness explorer who really created the notion of the headless way. And so we're really fortunate to have you, Richard, and I want you to come on up here and I'll hook you up with the microphone and you got it. <laughs> you, you have the bridge, sir. <laughs> I'll give you this, yeah. I guess just sit, settle down. Right, we're going to the Bahamas. Let me see one more thing. Yes. I just, uh, here, I'll get close to you. Hi there, hi there, Richard. Uh, Richard led us yesterday. We were practicing this all morning. <laughs> hi, Richard. <laughs> Richard led us in a beautiful day here yesterday where we did headless away practices and then we danced uh, headlessly for a couple hours last night. This, this place can rock. Thank you, Robert. Wired for sound, something. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for attention, isn't it? <laughs> well, lovely to be here. And uh, have all your faces in my no face. <laughs> and uh, Robert was mentioning uh, one's true nature, who one really is. And my uh, pleasure is to uh, share that with you using the jargon or the techniques or experiments, we call them, of the headless way. And um, the experience, in my experience, the experience of our true nature is mysterious and wonderful and ordinary and kind of neutral in a way non-verbal. So obviously I'm using words, but the experience is so simple and uh, infectious in a way. We had a baby in the, in the workshop yesterday all day, broadcasting openness without trying. 
So I'd like you to notice something about yourself, your true nature. And I want you to have your eyes open just at this moment. And be aware you cannot see your own face. You can see mine, but you can't see yours. Now, I can't see mine, but I can see yours. I am trading Richard's face for a hundred faces. That's how I think about it. To bring our attention and keep our attention on this very simple perspective that you're looking out of open space clear, open space. I want you to do a very simple experiment with me. Attention. And I want you to hold your hands out in front of you and just look at them, you see? And between them you can see various things. And then I want you to slowly bring them towards you, past either side of your head. But notice from your point of view they get bigger and bigger and then they begin to disappear. And your ha fingers disappear, your hands disappear, all the way probably to your wrist. And I say, I, I've just put my hands in the great void. See? And then I bring them forwards and they emerge magically out of this still, light, weightless, open space. I call this looking out of my single eye. This is the difference between what one looks like to others at a distance, two-eyed, with a head, with a background, and what one looks like to oneself at zero distance. I, for myself, privately, cannot see my face. Just open space full of everything. Now, what I mean by the single eye is uh, the space you're looking out of, your true nature, which is undivided, boundless. And here's a very simple way of drawing our attention to it. You want to play? <laughs> Hold your hands out like this, you see like glasses, put the fingers together, you see two holes with a dividing line. Now I want you to put them on and notice what happens to the dividing line. And you put them right on and the two become one. No dividing line. Magic. Take your hands and just see where they disappear, all the way around your single eye. What I'm, it's not actually an eye, it's a hole or an opening or, I don't know. See in your hands. Now the difference between the outside and the inside is huge. You see others just going around the head, but your hands are huge and they go around the whole universe. Because everything's in this awareness. I think the single eye is beautiful. 
beautiful. See, it's got no boundary. It goes on forever. It's clear. Here's another way of directing our attention, with eyes open at the moment, to this mystery, this openness, this weightlessness, uh, this uh, clarity. We're just going to point at it. And uh, we start by pointing out, and then we point close, and then we turn the, the direction of our attention around 180 degrees to the place we're looking out of. So point at the floor in front of you and just look. See, attention. You see the colors and shapes. It's a thing. Now point at your knee. Again, colors and shapes, it's a thing. Point at your torso. Colors and shapes, movement. Now hold your hand out and point back at the place you're looking out of. This is a unique place. I find no colors, no shapes, no movement. Now I want you to point with the other hand out like this. This is two-way pointing, two-way attention. This indicates this open space isn't just empty, it's also full. Full now of this situation. The room, sounds. And it indicates something that is incredible. That there's no dividing line between the nothing and the something. This is a non-verbal experience. I am using words, but I am completely confident you've got the same basic experience as me, because it is so simple. You can't see your head. See, instead you see the world. You can't get that wrong. It is true for everyone. In this sense, we're all completely equal, if I can put it like that. I can't see my no-head more clearly or less clearly than you now, because there's nothing there to see better or worse. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is true. Meditation, attention, not only to what you're looking at, but to the place you're looking out of. This needs and can have no outside confirmation, really. It is a private experience, it's kind of secret. Because everyone else can see your face, you see, your character the person you are in the play. Everyone else can see that. And you know that, you're an adult. You know you appear. You see the one as the one in the mirror. 
But privately now, you're aware you are this one consciousness that includes everything. So safe, so light, so creative. It, I say it's just coming up with this moment without knowing how, you see. So that's amazing, isn't it? You're the one, one eye, one consciousness, no name on it. See? Yet you're appearing as a person. <laughs> this makes sense, by the way. Uh, you know, I, you say, well, Richard, you're not the one. I can see you're a person. I say, well, you're over there, 20 feet away, looking at me. So you see my appearance at that range. But you come up to me with the right instruments and with an open mind and see what happens. You see, and I get bigger and then you lose my feet, you see, and you lose my torso and just get my face if you're up here. You come closer with the right instruments and you get a patch of skin and cells and then you come closer and you get molecules and atoms, and by the time you're there, you have nearly disappeared. I am Richard, but about 20 feet away. <laughs> and further away, I'm the planet. If you look at me from the moon, I'm the planet. I have a planetary face, so do you. One is this, uh, uh, you see, uh, come as close as you can, I'm almost nothing. I am at zero distance, and I say, I am nothing, and everything. Makes sense, you see. And of course, I'm in this condition, you're in this wonderful condition. Blessed condition. Where now, as you're aware of this openness, everything's in you. All the people around you are in you, in you literally, from the inside. From the inside, I'm not in this room. This room is in me. One wall, two wall, three wall, no wall. Gone. Ceiling disappears into nothing. See, it's the same for us all. I am not in this room. This room is in me and I say, you're in the same blessed condition. You're not in this room privately. This room is in you. And this has fantastic uh, implications. I say, well, of course, I understand growing up. As a baby, I'm headless. I have no idea what I look like. I am the one without thinking about it. And growing up is learning language and learning to understand what people are telling me about the world and about me. And they say, we can see you. I can't. I say, look in the mirror, that's you. Oh, really? That's over there. That's me. I'm here, you see. No, but w trust us. That face there is on these shoulders. If you want to join in the game, put it on. See, okay. Gr childhood is learning which face is yours. <laughs> well, I want to be a lion. 
<laughs> I am a lion. <laughs> no, you're not. See. So it's the process of reaching into the mirror and taking that face and flipping it round and making it bigger and putting it on and learning that that sensation is your mouth. Pay attention to the sensation of your mouth now. Can you see it? No. Do you know how big it is? Really? You do? I don't. It could be as wide as a room. See. Well, that's what it looks like. You need to know that that's what it looks like so you know where to put your food. Right? Oh, okay, it's very useful. So, as children, we are learning to clothe the nothingness in a form, in a way, and act as if that is you. You need to do that. And accept that others are in the same condition, that you're feeling and thinking and so on. Third stage of the adult is profound conviction. I am what I look like, yet I am the one in the mirror. Now, you see, the infant looks in the mirror and wonders who that is. The adult looks in the mirror and without a second thought, you know, he said, that's me. You answer to your name, that's me. Profoundly concerned with that one, of course, see. But in that third stage where we, we all know that very well, I am what I look like. I am Richard, you are what you look like. And the idea of being headless and the one is dismissed as rubbish. You're not the one. Come on. You've been watching The Matrix. <laughs> you see. So the third stage, we're in profound denial of our true nature. But the fourth stage is reawakening to our true nature. This wonderful openness, headless, single eye, still, light, full, you see, rich beyond belief rich beyond your wildest dreams, full of everything. It's awakening to this which is so available. See, it's not hidden. But at the same time, now being aware that you appear as a person in the world, which the baby in the first stage you didn't know. So the fourth stage is not trying to deny one's individual presence in the world, it actually celebrates it as an expression of the one. And now, you see, when you look out, in the third stage, uh, you see yourself as face to face with others, separate from them, literally. Because you're seeing yourself from outside, and from outside, you are separate from others. So you respond in that way, of course. But when you see your open space now that you're looking out of. See? You can't see your head now. Now you see, ah, I have no, for me privately, I have no face. So when I look at others, it's face to no face. Wow, there's no separation. One face, see, given in my no face. That is too complicated a way of saying it. It's just non-verbal experience. See? I have your face now instead of my own. I am you. I am space for you. And there's nothing in the way to keep you out. Whether I like it or not, I am built open through you. 
So all the animals and insects and everything built open. So now when you meet another, you enjoy having their face, you see. <laughs> and this is love. Completely, the space doesn't judge. The sp space can't keep others out. The space has its arms around the whole world. You have your arms around the whole world. You are glorious, see. The one you look like is limited and will die and is, you know, but the one you are is never born, never die. No, no time. Rich, creative, available whatever your mood, not dependent on what you feel. Now this is magic. Who you are is magic. So, watch. Here's a magic trick you can perform immediately. I'm going to make the room disappear. Watch. Now I'm going to make it reappear. All right? Pay attention, you're looking out of this open single eye, all these colors and shapes right here where you are, there's no distance, you see. Now close your eyes, it's gone. It's gone. Now open your eyes. You have now passed the test of wizardry. <laughs> You are all expert wizards. So, how are we doing? Good? Oh, yeah. This is a journey of rediscovering the obvious, rediscovering who you are. So, I'd like you to uh, follow with me this little journey of attention. like going back to school, you know, but very, very simple. I want you to look at me <laughs> for about 10 minutes. No, look at me and notice that you can compare the size of me with anything else, like I'm, you know, a bit bigger than the guitar, bigger than the dead battery, see, but smaller than the wall. Any two things you look at in the room you can compare for size. So just look around and one is bigger, smaller, or about the same size. Very simple, all right? Now I want you to look at the whole view, the single eye, which is the space and what's in it. It's single, you see. Single. How big is it? Well, there isn't a second one on the left or the right to compare it with. I can't say mine's bigger than yours. I can't see yours. I hear about it, but I only experience directly one eye. Do you? Can you say how big it is? You can't say how... This is, I mean, 
There's one thing in the universe, you can't say how big it is, it's single, it's alone, incomparable. The one is incomparable, there's nothing to compare the one with. See, you are the one. So you're just checking that out. Is there another view to compare with? No, can't say how big it is. Now look at another, uh, at me again, or the guitar, and you'll see the guitar's got a boundary, an edge. And so there's something on the inside of that edge, the guitar, and there's something on the outside, you know, the carpet, or the wall behind it. Anything you look at has a boundary and something around it. It's inside a bigger picture. See. Now look at the whole view. Is it inside a bigger picture? I, it disappears into nothing, disappears into, it's not inside anything. Is that true? I'm talking about a non-verbal experience, so you may use different words. It doesn't matter, you've got the experience. I say, it just kind of fades out, it's really weird, it's really, it really fades out to nothing. Impossible, but true. Now, this is true, whether you've got your eyes open or closed. I mean, who you really are isn't dependent on seeing or something. Close your eyes and you're aware of a kind of darkness, I suppose, with specks of light. How big is that darkness? Well, there isn't a second one to compare it with. It's single. Now, is it inside something bigger? Mm -mm. Kind of floating in nothing. Now, open your eyes. I remind you of the two-way gesture, this one. Face to no face, color to no color, movement to stillness, the darkness to the emptiness. Yeah. No dividing line, just a way of thinking about it. Close your eyes again. See, what changes is the view out. But the view in to the nothing doesn't change. Open your eyes, view out changes radically. But the view in, nothing here to change. Close your eyes, see? Awareness doesn't change. What's in awareness changes. Now be aware of sounds coming and going, some are loud, some are soft, some are, you know, human voice or door banging or mechanical sound, different kinds. How big is the whole field of sound? Well, there isn't a second one to compare it with. Single incomparable. And is it inside something bigger? Not in my experience. Well, I suppose you could say it's in silence, in consciousness. See, now open your eyes. You're still hearing the sounds. 
one field of sound. One view, one field of sound. Who one really is, in a sense, is alone. This is uh, true and peaceful. <laughs> Close your eyes. We're checking out our own experience. And I'm suggesting you're the one. See, the one consciousness. So be aware of body sensations and uh, different sensations changing. How big is the whole field of sensation. Well, there isn't a second one to compare it with. Is it inside something bigger? Not in my experience. So we identify with our body sensations. So if I say, I can't say how big this field of sensation is, I could also say, I can't say how big I am. And be aware of thoughts and feelings. What you're thinking, just be aware of that stream of thinking and feeling, maybe a memory of what you had for breakfast, or a problem you've got, or just random thoughts. How big is that whole field of thinking? I can't say. Is it inside anything? I find these thoughts and feelings just arising out of nowhere, out of consciousness, if you like, disappearing again. Now open your eyes. So be aware of your thoughts and feelings. I say they are there, and here is no thought or feeling. Thoughts and feelings going on in the space, in, in the room in a way, like my sensations. So I look from this no mind into my mind, into the world, into these sensations.
So, this experience is utterly simple. It's the way it's given. You, you, it's paying attention to the way you are. You're built open for the world. And I say now that we are sharing this, if I can put it like that. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're feeling. But I know who is thinking and feeling. And now I can share, communicate that with you in very simple ways, which I think you'll understand. See, if I go like this, you see? I think you know now I'm bringing attention to my headless open space here. If I... Uh, <laughs> it's so simple, yes. Move it, bring your hands just back in, play, you see, see? Disappear. Wow, huge open space. Bring it forward. How different the outside and the inside is. Outside is small, you're small. Temporary, gone in a flash. From the inside, big. Never going anywhere. And now when you are with others, you can pay attention to the simple fact you have their face instead of your own. Trading faces. See, you look here and you see Richard's face. But you know now, I'm pointing at vast openness here. <laughs> and I know there, you are looking out of vast openness. This is a great mystery. I, you only experience the one where you are. But now you understand others are the one. The one is many. The one is talking to itself. My voice is in you. Where is it? Yes. True? Yes. And when we have two voices, it's two voices in one consciousness, right? <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. It's fun. See, it's a different way of listening. It's, my voice is in you now. You could say this is... This is your voice, not your voice as John or Mary. Your voice is the one. Just as my face is yours now. I don't have it. Now this is very practical, obviously, when you're with friends or enemies, you know. Face to no face. Or when you're driving. You're still and the scenery moves. You put your foot on the pedal and the scenery goes faster. <laughs> now this is not that hard to get into the habit of being aware of in our lives. 
And the little experiments I've taken you through are ways of reminding yourself. Say, well, what was all that about? How do I find my true nature? What do I have to do to rediscover that transparency, that clarity, that weightlessness? What do I have to do? How do I get back there, you see? Well, look for your face. But I, it doesn't feel, wow. Okay, it is actually basically a neutral experience. And this is its great advantage, because it's available when you don't feel well. And really, it's getting a bit of confidence in your own experience. So, you, in desperate measure, you can just point. <laughs> how do I... F how do I get back to that weightlessness, you see, when I'm feeling so heavy and dark. And <laughs> there it is, you see. Not dependent on changing your mood or changing your behavior, because it's just what you are. And then keep coming back, you see, and you'll get more and more into the habit until very quickly, probably, it'll just be kind of default. So what other ways are there? Well, when you're with someone, notice it's face to no face. Now, you know, this is a very powerful thing. When you're with a baby like we were yesterday, you know, it's broadcasting openness. Is it, I'm going to broadcast openness today? No. There's nothing in the way. It's just, you know, it infects everyone around him. And you look at, there's an exercise, an experiment we do, where you look in a tube, a cardboard tube, about this long, at another person. So it's quite intense, but it really cuts out the rest of the room, and you just see the face, and it makes it very, very clear it's face to no face, see. So there's nothing in the way, you see. I did it with the baby. And the baby is at the other end of the tube, you know, little, little face, just going... <laughs> Infectious, you see, giving me total permission not to have a face myself, right? You know, to have his face, you see. <laughs> I think I can hear him. <laughs> Someone, anyway. Yes, I know. <laughs> you see? <laughs> you think, you know, it knows what it's going to say? Or where that voice comes from? It comes out of nothing. <coughs> Your true nature, you start to enjoy and experiment with your voice coming out of nothing. It's creative, see. Or your life coming out of nothing. See, it sort of takes the cork out of the bottle. Now, just as when you're with the baby, it's sort of infectious, you see. Now you're seeing this faceless openness and you're with others, and you're noticing it. I'm sure they'll feel it. Everyone recognizes it. Now when you're with others, it kind of goes viral. <laughs> this is a very practical 
resource. See, it's available now. You're not, it's not dependent on confirmation. You, you see, uh, you seeing your no face now is not dependent on anyone else confirming it. It's a private thing. But it's a private thing that includes everything. Your breathing is arising in it. Your thoughts are arising in it. Oh, here's another little practical uh, thing about it, you see. It, it's stress-free. So, I'll de you can experience this. Hold your hand out, your arm out, you see. Look down your arm at, at your hand. You see your arm disappears around shoulder, you know, into nothing. And your arm comes out of nothing from the first-person point of view, you see. And you can obviously feel your hand out there. Now make your, and you're looking from the space here at your hand. Your transparency at the colors there. Now make your hand into a, f a fist, tense it, you see. So your hand's got tense. Does the space get tense? Not in my experience, not tense at all. Now relax, you see. It is tension-free, your true nature. This gets tense, you see. But the space in which it's happening, my body, doesn't get tense. Say, so, well, yeah, well, I tried that. I didn't get rid of my tension. It places your tension, you see. It's there and not here. You're looking at your tension, your problems, your stress, from a stress-free place. Find out if that is helpful. It is. To have this refuge at your center, which is stress-free. It is. See? So draw on it. Don't overlook it. If it doesn't give you the results you think you should get straight away, see? Welcome to the world. <laughs> It's going to give you something that you didn't expect. Which I think in our hearts is what we want. See, We don't want really to know what our life is going to be. and We do want a bit of an adventure. Maybe not too much, you know. But the one wants an adventure, is on an adventure. This present moment is arising in the single eye. See, magically. Do you know how? I don't. Do you know exactly what's going to happen next? I don't. But it's not, it, in a funny kind of way, it's not external, is it? It's internal. It's within you. I'm not in this room. This room is in me. I am not in this body. This body is in me. It 
So I now know that you're not in that body for you. Your body's in you. Your, the room is in you. The world is in you. The stars are in you. You are so wealthy. You know where to look. <laughs> no excuse. It's a very wise place. I mean, there's not, you, you can't really say anything about it. It's very mysterious, your true nature. See, where did it come from? How did it come to be? How did you come to be, really? No answer, you see. Magic. You see, you are magic. You are. Your true nature is magic. It's a mystery. But it is real, beyond compare. You see, things you can say, well, that's more real than that. See, this scene is more real than a film. You can compare them, see. Or, I don't know, I might be dreaming now. This may be a dream, how do I know? I might be at home dreaming. See, so I can't be 100% sure of the details. But what I am 100% sure of is that I am. This is self-evident. Being is self-evident. I can't say what I am with any certainty, but that I am is self-evident. This is the greatest treasure, your being. So, well, how can you be sure of that, Richard? I can't prove it. It's a completely private thing. But I see it, I am it, you see. This is the great treasure we all have, we all are. It's not in time, is it, you see? You look out at the face of the clock and it's uh, half past eleven or something. But what time is it here? <coughs> I find no time here. Face to no face, time to no time. You see, you look at the clock and you see the hands going round. Time and change go together. See, the hands mark out the passage of time. Now look here, any change? No change here. No time. What I can say is that this nothing is always full of something, undivided. But what it's full of is always changing the details. But now, you see, we are awake to and enjoying our fundamental nature, which is unchanging, yet full of change. We are now aware of this fundamental openness, awareness, 
No words fit it. You would say, you know, there's nothing there or it's absolutely rock solid. It's not a feeling. Even the feeling of stability comes and goes in that mystery. See, notice, you're not in this room from your point of view. This room is in you. You don't see the wall behind you. Not only do you not see your head, you don't see your back, you don't see the wall behind you. It's just wide open. Just wide open. You're looking into the room, as it were, from this vast, boundless clarity. See, and it takes no effort, really. It's completely effortless. It's light. It's already on. You don't have to turn it on. It's already on. Anything anyone wants to share about this? I have a question about consciousness. The distinction between awareness and consciousness and unconsciousness. In meditation. The distinction between awareness and consciousness. And unconsciousness. And unconsciousness. As we go through meditation practices sometimes, there's an interval or space between awareness and then a complete lack of awareness almost a sense of consciousness in this expansiveness that you've described between reality and unreality between existence and non-existence between self and non-self so from the sense of expansiveness as, as you've described it how do we as sentient beings so close to consciousness, how can we peacefully, actively accept the fact that we are indeed partly unconsciousness or unconscious? I know this is confusing, but it, it's an enigma for me. Yes, the one likes enigmas. You see, the, the, the one likes puzzles. That's life, you see. But let me uh, also put another view on that, is you have the experience, I say, 100% non-verbally. Now, how you think about it is unique to you, probably, and your words will mean different things to my words. So, if you use consciousness or awareness, you know, which is it? Is it consciousness or awareness? Up to you. That's one thought, that it is non-verbal. So this frees us to play with words and to uh, think about it in different ways. So I don't 
myself really think there is one way to think about it, unconsciousness, consciousness. There's different ways of exploring this mystery. See, so that means that we don't worry, I find, don't worry too much, really. You, it's more like poetry. And the descriptors seem to be so inadequate to the experience. Yes, it is. But you see, you've got the experience. So it, it, the fact that your words are inadequate is okay. Because <laughs> you're not trying to define it. I mean, here's a, here's a kind of funny thought about unconsciousness, you see. Uh, is that when I go to sleep at night, uh, someone might say, well, Richard, you went unconscious for eight hours, see, and then you opened your eyes and, see, and we could, uh, yeah, you went unconscious, see. So that's the external observation of, of me, you see. But I say, privately, I'm the one, you see. And I go into bed, you see, and I'm looking at this open space, and I close my eyes, and it's dark, and there's breathing going on in this space. And then the next moment, without a break, it's morning. No break. I never went unconscious. It's just the scene changed radically in, in a flash. <laughs> The, the one never goes to sleep. <laughs> the one is never unconscious. But, you see, there's just one way of thinking about it. You might then say, but, you know, I, it seems like I forget I'm the one. Oh, well, that's really interesting that the one can forget it's the one. That's smart, you see. You, you see it from the other way around. You say, well, that isn't, you know, anything gone wrong. That's really an amazing trick. <laughs> and you see, the thing about forgetting who you are, the great thing about it is that, you know, hopefully you remember. And then you go, oh! Whereas if you'd never forgotten, you'd, you know, it's, you wouldn't have that, oh my, oh God, oh God, I forgot about it again, you see. <laughs> I forgot, I, oh, I've identified with the one in the mirror. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty smart, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, that, that's an amazing rhythm going on, you see. And then you, another way of thinking about it is this rhythm of remembering and forgetting goes on in the unchanging space. So, am I trying to just have one end of the rhythm, always remembering and get rid of the forgetting bit? You know, it's like breathing. But it's going on in, your, in this mystery, your true nature, you see. So, actually, nothing's gone wrong. So you relax, you see. You're like, ah, oh, this is the natural kind of unfolding. I feel a lot better now, thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, phew, thank God, I, I was getting worried then. <laughs> You see, when you drink, privately you pour the water into nothing. <laughs> and then the room tastes. <laughs> and this is communion, you see. Something, matter, becomes spirit. 
It's communion. You, you, when you eat, every meal is holy communion. Because this simple water, you see, becomes the one. Amazing. Is someone else going to say something? Yes. Um, how would you teach this? I, I feel like I'm just getting a glimmer through a, a door slightly open. How do you teach this to someone who is blind? Oh, well, uh, we've got a good article on the website, which is headless.org, under experiments called In Seeing Experiments for the Blind, which is written by a guy who is blind. And I recently got, was in touch with him again. He's written a book. But he actually went blind. And so he remembers seeing. Um, and so he developed the experiments for people who are blind. Now the main, uh, you see we did a closed eye thing, so you could, that's the basis of it. But uh, the, in, in his way of thinking about it, he um, kind of highlighted this two-way attention gesture, which is a visual thing. So it's face to no face. It's very accurate and immediate and simple and effective. It's a breakthrough. It's a fantastic thing. Two ways, see? So then he expanded that into non-seeing experiments. So the blind person is listening to the sound. Turn your attention around to the hearer and you don't hear anything or you feel the sensation, you see, and you think somebody's, there's somebody sensing that. But turn your attention around and it's happening in the space. So, it's actually, uh, he took, takes the view, it's easier to share it with blind people. <laughs> Thank you. Now, this gentleman, I think. Uh, were you wanting to say something? Yeah, here's the microphone. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it appears that ignorance, it's, it's in a lot of text and books, that, that ignorance is caused by the illusory union between the seer and the seen, and it appears that we're talking here today about that. So the question being is, um, who is the seer, and who is the seen? Yes. So again, I would say, you see, the great thing is, is this is a non-verbal experience. And it is absolutely obvious. Now, uh, you, uh, so the answer is, not, is essentially non-verbal. And you've got it, you see. But now we can, we, we, that frees us to answer that in a thousand different ways. There isn't one answer. So that, you know, there is a, some people say, oh, well, there isn't a seer. You see, all right. Well, that's, well, you're the seer. What? You're the seer. There is a seer. I'm a seer. Yes. Yeah, you see, now you've uh, you answered it in a different way. Brilliant. Well, sure. yeah. You see, so there are different ways. You see, if, if I say, no, there isn't, and you say, there is, we're in an argument. <laughs> But if I ac fully accept I've got the experience 100%, and so do you, because it's so simple, you can't see your head. You say, well, no, I haven't got the experience. I, I haven't got it. I say, I think you've 
saying, you haven't got a feeling, but can you see your head? I said, no, I can't see my head. I said, well, that's it. You see, really? Yes. <laughs> you see, so I say, you've got it. I can be as sure as anything that you've got it. So now we're not, I, has he got it? Has he not got it? You know, have I got it? Have I not got it? No, we both got it. Now we're thinking about it in different ways and we can relax. And you, you see, I say, there's no seer. See, and you say, yeah, no, there is. And I say, okay, let's look at it from that point of view. I want to learn, you know? Well, so that's the whole point is that it's not if there's a seer and if there's a scene, it's that the idea that there is a seer in the scene, it's an illusion that we carry with us through well, life that creates separateness. That's an interesting point of view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we could talk all day, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got a plane to catch. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what? Yeah, and two voices in one consciousness. I'm talking with myself. You know, I mean, <laughs> someone else? Oh, we've got uh, uh, Barney. Hi Richard, yesterday at your workshop, um, when I was speaking through the mic, I was hearing two voices. The voice in my head that I thought was my voice. And then I heard it through the speakers. And the very first thing I felt in a split second was I became self-conscious. And then second to that, I felt was I was conscious of being self-conscious. And it started becoming a, a series of managing, uh, I wouldn't say managing, but just feeling tertiary and then more consciousness started coming out. And I felt that I was getting into a, um, a trap of everyday consciousness then there was a different part of me that popped from that. Um, I think I call it the grand consciousness, which is, it started telling me, oh, you got a runaway train. <laughs> <laughs> so in, when I got those two things appearing, I asked myself, oh, what I'm getting from this workshop is um, to have one foot in the formless and one foot in the form. Understood. Very fantastic. Thank you for the workshop. Yes, yes, yes. And some of us, you know, and me included, think when self-consciousness comes up, and then it comes up that you're conscious of being self-conscious, and then it runs away, you know. Oh my God, I'm, what am I doing wrong now? This is normal. It does not affect the space, the grand consciousness, right? You see. And this, this, it, it happens, you see, and uh, uh, not surprising, is it, that it would? And it, it, there's an enormous amount uh, to learn and discover. Someone else, yes. Yeah, thank you, Richard. 
Um, something I've been playing with for a while, too, is kind of letting, dropping this obsession with things arriving through this thing at all. And um, hearing and seeing and feeling through my back body or pretending I'm oriented down here so the bottom of my body is actually seen and pick in so like the baby I could feel though I could feel the baby here oh yeah and, and actually I have to admit to you that when my hand disappeared the sensation in my face was so strong that it was actually a little bit boring having the hand disappear because this seeing thing just didn't seem very reliable or even interesting, <laughs> I must say, because this sensation was all over the place. Mm. But it wasn't necessarily my sensation because I was feeling the baby. So that's, that's the baby. That's not Understood. me. So I know. Yes. It's yes. Fun. It is fun. <laughs> yes, it is. It's fantastic. One thing uh, about distance, see, whether it's seeing or hearing or sensing anything, is, uh, see, you can measure across the view, and you can measure down the view, but you can't, there's nothing to measure from this way. See, because when you look out, if you had a ruler, if you were to measure this way, it goes to a point. See, there's no distance between something and nothing. No dividing line. Or between the sound and awareness. No, it's, you could say it's there or here. There's no, it, you can't pin it down. See, so I say, you know, everything's there or everything's here. There's no distance. And that, you can measure that. <laughs> See? I measure across. I measure there. But now, say, I want to measure between me and the door. I put one end on the door and swing it round and the line completely goes to a point. And there's nowhere to put it. No distance. Ever. The, the sound of the baby is here. You're big, you see. You, you're big. You, you include everything in your being. Hi, Richard. Um, yesterday at the workshop, we did an exercise that was quite fascinating from this point of view of awareness. Uh, the exercise was when we were doing the, uh, the dancing where we were just hold, uh, touching hands. And as we were, and we closed our eyes. So, we were, so in my perception, all there was was the sensation floating in darkness. And we did this for a while. I completely forgot who my partner was. And then when he told us to open our eyes, I was surprised. Boom, there she is. Like magic, this person appeared. Because for a while, my perception, my reality was the sensation of the two hands touching, dancing in darkness. And then when the eyes opened, there was this person there. That, though I, you know, we, we saw each other before we started the exercise. During the exercise, the, my reality or my perception was just that sensation. And then like magic, that person appeared, and I was, I, I was like, kind of like amazed. I understand, yes, beautiful, thank you.
being who you are consciously like this is very physical. You know, it's not just seeing, it's every sense, very physical. Uh, and its implications and applications and its benefits unfold every day, every hour, every minute really. It's, it is, the experience is simple, but how it benefits you is blessing on blessing. I mean, sometimes the blessings come as difficulties, but out of them come, you know, something. But it, each moment is new, and you're not resting, it's not like you're resting on a, something you've learned here. It's not knowing, completely open and, and not knowing. And then you look from this complete mystery of, uh, that you are, you know, it's not hidden, it's not dark, it's open, light, clear into this present moment, including all the sensations and feelings and thoughts that are part of this whole situation, see. And it's evolving, this moment now is just fresh, new, evolving, and new insights flow. Insights come and go. Now, there's a rhythm again, you get one and then it fades. It has to fade before the next comes, you see. So you begin to recognize, oh, okay, it's going, I, that's making way for the next one, or whatever, you know, something like that. But it is never-endingly creative. Never-endingly creative. I mean, I, I, I just go, that is just fantastic. You know, you found El Dorado, or you, you found the fountain of everlasting life, really. You found uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, Philosopher's Stone, all, the, you know, all these images are about you, are about who you are. It is so astonishingly smart. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, you know, you think, what are you doing now? <laughs> you know, come on. But, you know, given a little time and patience, it, you say, oh, now I see. Oh. Or sometimes you think, you know, all right, look, if, if you're trying to teach me a lesson here, can't you do it in a better way? <laughs> you know, this is particularly painful. I, you know, I don't want this one. Can we try it another way? <laughs> You're not listening. <laughs> it's wild, you see. It's not domesticated. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> now, this is who we are. It's not somewhere over there. You know, it's nearer than near. It's your being. So, uh, to live one's life with the tap on, with the cork out. You want an adventure?
a secret. See? You want to be powerful? In a way. See? Do you want that inner knowing? See? That is not dependent on anything? That's you? See? Do you want to be fabulously wealthy? Do you want to be fabulously creative? Do you want to be just, ex just amazingly intimate with everyone and everything? without trying. See, you are. There's no distance. See, everyone's face is your own. This uh, self-consciousness bit, you know, growing up is about becoming self-conscious, which is seeing yourself from the point of view of others, because you can't see yourself directly. So you kind of go out and imagine how others see you, because you can't see it directly. So through language, and you look in the mirror and you kind of construct that here, that, that self-consciousness, you never are self-conscious here. But you build up this construct, and the, and it's very powerful, and it is necessary. It's a ticket for the game, for social life. You see, for life, to be aware of your self, your human self. And uh, you know, in childhood, this is very exciting. You know, you finding out who you are, and you're joining in the game. And adulthood, you know, you take responsibility. But wow, it has a high cost in separation, and it stifles us, and it, you know, we get kind of restricted and we daren't even speak in public sometimes, you know, because we're so afraid of what people think, you know, and are you going to make a mistake? And as a child, you know, you just see what happens, see what comes out, you know, just make it up as you go along. <laughs> but by the time we're adults, we think, you know, we're, we're, we're just put in a box and can't hardly move until we die. See, and it, 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 we know we're not fulfilling ourselves, really, you know. Uh, now when you see this, you see, now you kind of, so, something begins to change, it takes time, see, but you, what doesn't take time is seeing your true self, which is freedom, see. Now stay with that and find out how that heals you at other levels. Never fully, you know, it, 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 but find out how that blesses you 
in, t in terms of that self-consciousness. You see, I'm, I'm conscious now. I'm looking out of nothing and I'm, in, I'm speaking to all of you guys. But what I'm doing is just seeing I'm not here for me. But I know I am for you, so, you know, it's, it's different from the baby. But now that, you know, does that free you to express yourself, to be yourself? Yes. In a thousand ways. Is it physically good for you? Yeah, to feel big. You know, I'm as big as the room. I'm as big as the universe. Everything is inside me. It's not just a visual thing. It's just uh, one, one feels big. You know, my sensations now merge with the walls in a way. I mean, how big am I? How big is the field of sensation? It's just big. See, where do I end and the world begins? Nowhere. The baby's sound is in me. Everyone, you know, see, it's in me. Now, is that good for you physically, mentally? Of course, of course. Does it perfect you? No. It allows an unfolding that isn't allowed when we are, you know, kind of caught up only in what we look like. What a freedom to find you're not what you look like to you. You're not the one in the mirror to you. You understand, you act as if, but privately you're not, you see. Not dependent on how you behave, you know. I still make mistakes all day long, you know. But it's okay, it's okay, because this one doesn't, see. And I understand, we're human, see. Well, we're coming up to noon and uh, a pleasure to share with you this freedom and uh, this, uh, our true nature. We are many and we are one. See, one consciousness, many expressions. And a pleasure to have your faces to be you. Thanks again for Robert and the community for having me a delight to be you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Richard.